Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is the video teaching series, uh, The First Commandment, God's Love for Us. This is actually part two, two of four parts, uh, of, uh, four parts of the series on the subject of uh, the love of God. So this is part two, lesson seven, uh, which is the, uh, the subject is living by the Lord's love. Lesson seven, living by the Lord's love. So I'm reading First uh, John chapter three. So last lesson we were in chapter two, and uh, I, I, I'm for time's sake and whatever I'm skipping. I'm not reading every verse of First John, <clears throat> of, of the first epistle of John. I'd love to do that. Love to teach on that. Maybe someday he'd let me do that work, work verse by verse through that. But that's not what I'm being instructed to do right now. So. I'm reading to you from 1 John chapter 3, and we're going to skip all the way down in John 3, 1 John 3 to verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And But whoso hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother have need, shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. He didn't mean there, of course, that it's not important to love in word and tongue, but it, our love cannot be just in word and tongue, but it also has to be in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. Uh, God's greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God and whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is His commandment, that we should believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. Wow. Now, it would be awesome to do a whole series of lessons just on those verses. What is that? Eight, nine verses? Whatever it is, <laughs> uh, nine verses. It'd be awesome to do a series on each one of those verses. And some of those verses would take two or three lessons uh, just to cover them in that one series. But that is not the, the scope of this particular lesson today. I am now reading to you from the Amplified Version, 1 John 3.16. Uh, by this we come to know progressively to rec progressively to recognize to perceive to understand the essential love that he laid down his own life for us and we ought to lay our lives down for those who are our brothers in him but if anyone has this world's goods resources for sustaining life and sees his brother and fellow believer in need, yet closes his heart of compassion against him, how can the love of God live and remain in him? Little children, let us not love merely in, in theory or in speech, 
but in deed and in truth, in practice and in sincerity. By this we shall come to know, perceive, recognize, and understand that we are of the truth and can assure, quiet, conciliate, and pacify, conciliate and pacify our hearts in His presence. Whenever our hearts in tormenting self-accusation make us feel guilty and condemn us, for we are we are in God's hands. For he is above and greater than our consciences, our hearts, and he knows, perceives, and understands everything. Nothing is hidden from him. And beloved, if our consciences, our hearts, do not accuse us, if they do not make us feel guilty and condemn us, we have confidence, complete assurance, and boldness before God. And we receive from him whatever we ask, because we watchfully obey his orders, observe his suggestions and injunctions, follow his plan for us, and habitually practice what is pleasing in or pleasing to him. And habitually practice what is pleasing to him. And this is his order, his command, his injunction, that we should believe in, put our faith and trust in, and adhere to and rely on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and that we should love one another just as he has commanded us. All who keep his commandments, who obey his orders and follow his plan, live and continue to live, to stay and abide in him, and he in them, they, they let Christ be a home to them, and they are the home of Christ. And by this we know and understand and have the proof that he really lives and makes his home in us by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Wow. Wow. It, 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 I don't mean this in any way disrespectful at all, because to me this is a positive word. But there is some stuff in all of that. There is some stuff in it. And it is an amazing, awesome truths of the Word of God and the principles of the Word of God in those verses. Before I begin to comment, and I realize these are longer readings, but I hope you're listening. And I hope you're listening enough that you're going to want to go back and read through these, not just the King James, but these other translations and any other you may have, on these same verses. Because again, we know, biblically, the Bible is only divinely inspired in its original languages. There is no divinely inspired translation of the Bible. And while, with, like with many people, I have a, a deep affection for the King James Version, I memorize King James Version, I preach from the King James, or teach from the King James Version, I acknowledge that the King James Version was authorized by King James of England, who was the head of the Church of England, which was the Anglican Church, and in this in the United States we call that the Episcopalian Church. And the King James Version was translated by uh, uh, Anglican scholars, and it was translated in a such a way to, that it would fit Anglican doctrine. Just to prove the point, the word baptizo, uh, which means to plunge, dip, or immerse, was not translated. It was transliterated 
because the Anglican church needed to be able to define baptism their own way. Because if they had translated the Greek word instead of transliterating it, transliteration means to take a word in one language and bring it into another language untranslated. If they had translated rather than transliterated, it would have contradicted the doctrine of the king's church. So, the King James Version is, for all intents and purposes, an Anglican Bible. Now again, I have great affection for the King James Version. And I, I have great trust, personally, uh, in the, uh, the manuscripts from which the King James was translated. That's from my own study. I realize people have different opinions on this. That's very right. But in my prayer and study, I have peace that the King James uh, Greek manuscripts and Hebrew manuscripts were uh, were from God. I, I, I'm accepting that. I believe that. I've got to believe that God, who could speak the whole universe into existence, can get what he was saying to us in a way that we can trust it. Now, most of the modern translations are translated from some other translation. Some other Greek manuscripts. And, 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 and some of those are reliable to a point. Some of them I don't trust at all. Uh, especially when you know the, uh, the, the, uh, 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 the background of the, per- the people. For instance, the, the Hort and Westcott that put together their Greek manuscript that's usually named today by another name. They were both Nazis. They were working in coordination with the Nazi government. I'm not trusting anything they had to do with. You make your own choice. Go right ahead. That's your choice. Now, I have different translations that are all translated from what's called the Texas Receptus. That's Latin for received text from which the King James was translated. Uh, There are other Bibles, translations that are translated straight from that. I do use other translations from different texts. But I never rely on them alone. Ever. Ever. But since they're about, most of the time, about 95 plus percent accurate, I I trust the Holy Ghost to help me to make sure that I don't receive the error uh, that they, they... put in there, or the, 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 especially the stuff they took out of the Bible. Uh, I, 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 I'm trusting him to let me do that. And so I read translations of, uh, of different Greek texts, and I will use those for comparison. But I always rely on the King James text and the, the Bibles that are translated by that. But a couple of my favorites are uh, uh, Young's literal translation of the Bible, which is translated from the Greek text, uh, Texas Receptus, and also uh, the literal translation of the Bible by Green. And there are a few others. I'm not going to get into more of that now. You can easily look that up if you look up uh, in Google. Uh, King James uh, are, are, are translations of the Texas Receptus, uh, and it'll give you a whole list of that. There's whole websites devoted to that. There are some who've gone so far as to say 
that the King James Version is the only uh, acceptable translation of the Bible. You don't have any biblical basis for, for such a position. None. None at all. Because again, there is no divinely inspired translation. And the King James was written in 1611 English, and a lot of the words in the King James don't mean the same today. And we don't have any excuse today because we have the opportunity to get into the Word of God. We have the opportunity to get into it. We have, a, we have without even being Greek scholars, we have access to all this Greek scholarship. And I don't believe any one Greek scholar. I read them all and let the Holy Ghost take what they're saying and put it together in a, in a form that I can accept and in my spirit I have peace with receiving. Now, I didn't plan on saying any of that in this lesson, and I've taken half this lesson in both reading and, uh, 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 and, and talking about that. But if, if the Word of God is so closely tied to my demonstrating my love for God, because the way that I love Him with my whole heart, soul, and mind and strength is to give myself to His empowerment for me to keep His Word with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, then it's really important that I understand these things about the Word of God. It's very important. In fact, quite frankly, uh, I'm probably going to <laughs> uh, uh, use this as a single lesson, and what I was going to teach in this lesson, start over in a new lesson, just because... The Lord obviously wanted this talked about so you could understand. Okay? Now, I've got about 40 translations. I have have checked Acts 2.38 in those translations. I've checked the scriptures on the oneness of God uh, in, in those translations. And the, the most fundamental verses on the oneness of God, the most fundamental verses on Acts 2.38, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, uh, John 3, etc., etc., uh, Titus 3 and 5, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, those verses are all that are very specific about our salvation, even though each, ver- each translation says a little different, if that was the only translation I had, I could get to heaven by knowing who God is and how the New Testament plan of salvation is supposed to be obeyed. Now, there are areas of some of those Bibles that I, I have a problem with. I have a problem with the ones that leave out about 12, 14 verses at the end of Mark 16. There is nothing in those verses that is contradicting the rest of the Bible. And they are all very much in tune with what the Lord is wanting to do. And I believe that they have found a way to leave them out because when they compare who they are as a Christian and what their church is with those verses at the end of Mark 16, it doesn't compare well. So, of course, if I was them, I'd want to find a deceitfully intellectual way to remove those from the Bible so I'm not accountable for them. But we are accountable for them. And whether they're in your Bible or not, literally at the end of Mark, every point made in those verses is in the Bible other places. So you're still accountable. Take it out all you want, you're still accountable. 
The signs that follow believers is still casting out devils, speaking in tongues. If I accidentally drink something that's poisonous, I won't be hurt. If I accidentally am bitten by a snake, I won't die. And I have the authority to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Those signs are in the scripture. All of those are in the scripture either specifically stated as a sign or it's demonstrated to us. All of it. All of it. Man can't do anything against me that God doesn't allow. Nature can't do anything against me that God doesn't allow. That's what those two signs are. Uh, if, if I pick up serpents or I, if, 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 a speaking of servant that represents all of nature, nature can't do anything against me unless God allows it. And being poisoned, if I drink any deadly thing, man can't do anything against me unless God allows it. So the kingdom of darkness can't do anything against me. I've got power over the kingdom of darkness to cast out devils. My flesh can't do anything against me because the Bible says in James, uh, both chapter 1 and chapter 3, that, that if, if the Holy Ghost has tamed my tongue, that, that proves that the Holy Ghost has power over my whole body. And then number 5, that we have the, the right and the power to pray for the sick and they'll recover, proves that sickness and disease can't do anything against me. And these are the signs that follow a believer. And if any one of the, or more of these things do negatively affect me, according to what Paul went through in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, uh, it is in the will of God for my uh, uh, edification and growth in God and for my salvation. And so they, they take these things out and they're in the Bible. There's not anything about those verses that are not divinely inspired. Nothing. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. What's not divinely inspired by that? About that. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. What's not divinely inspired about that? What part of the rest of the Bible is that not in harmony with? And then the verse 20. And they went forth and preached. Uh, they went forth everywhere and preached. And the Lord went with them, working with them, confirming the word with signs following. I understand why people wouldn't want that verse in the Bible. Because we do a whole lot of unconfirmed preaching. There's a whole lot of unconfirmed preaching going on in our world in the name of Christianity. So I, I understand why people wouldn't want that verse in the Bible. But the bottom line is, it's there. It's there. It's absolutely there. So the point here is this. If I'm going to love God by obeying Him, if I'm going to love by keep, by obeying His commandments, and His, the Word of God is His commandments. It doesn't have to say thou shalt. The Word of God is the Word of God to us, and we have to receive the entire Word of God as a whole, because God is Logos, and Logos is God. And I can't divide the Word of God up and take the parts I, I like and leave the stuff I don't like 
without taking only a part of God. And a part of God will not save me. He will not save me if I am only taking a part of Him. He will not save me if I'm only taking a part of Him. It's all of Him or none of Him. It's all of Him or none of Him. Here is the Lord God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with the whole of your heart, with the whole of your mind, with the whole of your uh, soul, with the whole of your strength. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. With all, the whole of your heart, the whole of your soul, the whole of your mind, the whole of your strength. With all of my being. Paul said Romans chapter 12, verse one and verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies... Bodies, bodies, my natural man, a living sacrifice. A sacrifice is something you've killed in worship to a God. So we've got to live dead to self. Holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, not part of us, holy and acceptable to him, which is our reasonable service. God emptied himself of glory, came down, put on the, the, the robe of flesh, subjected himself through that flesh to mankind, and then allowed man to crucify that flesh for the, for the sins of mankind in man's place. 1 Corinthians 5.21, He who knew no sin was made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He went to all of that, to save us, and we believe we're going to be saved giving a part of ourselves to Him? That would be like going and buying a car and then taking the wheels off. Say, so there's your car. You can take it home now. Where are the wheels? Oh, that, you, you don't need those wheels. We, won't, we like those wheels. We're going to keep them here at the dealership. You take the car, and you get in, and you find there's no steering wheel. Well, we really have a thing for wheels. So we're, we're keeping that. But you bought the car. There's the car. Take it. It's your car. You paid good money for it. <coughs> Take it. That's stupid, isn't it? Excuse me. It's foolish. But we do that with God all the time. Here, here, here's the part of you that you bought. The rest of it's mine. This is the only part you purchased with your blood. The rest of me is mine. The rest of the time is mine. Mine. It's all mine. The rest of it's yours. It's yours. I'll give you that. I'll give you that hour a day of prayer. I'll give you that chapter a day. I'll give you two, three times a week. I'll even act like I'm watching the services online during this pandemic. I'll, I'll act like it. My mind will be someplace else, but I'll act like it. The rest of the time, though, eh, I got I got stuff to do. I got things I want to do, and I'm tired, and I need some rest, and and uh, I need my uh, relaxation, and I need my recreation. And uh, uh, if anything goes wrong, I'll, I'll be sure to check back with you. Uh, yeah. 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 Really? 
So this is the walk with God you want. Well, it's not the walk with God he wants us to have. And when he bought us, he bought all of us. And any part of me, any part of my time, my day, my life, that I am holding back from his control is called stealing because he bought all of me with his blood. All of me. 100% of me. It's the greatest commandment. It's the greatest commandment. Hero is the Lord our God is one Lord. And that one Lord robed himself in flesh and caused the only body and he ever had and the only blood he ever had to be shed, life taken, body, uh, blood shed for you and I to be saved from our sins and to be a part of him. He didn't just, he didn't just die to save us from perishing. We quote that verse, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So he died so that man wouldn't go to hell. But you read the verse again and you'll find out it's conditional. And here is who is going to not perish. If any man, if we believe in him, will not perish. What does the word believe mean? Well, not the way we define it. The way the Greek word doesn't mean believe like we do because we use believe like we use the word love. Oh, don't you just love that sky? Don't you just love that dress? Don't you just love that tie? Don't you just love this dessert? Don't you just... Right. I believe it's going to rain today. I, I believe uh, I, I believe in God. I believe... Uh, I believe. I believe Trump is a liar. I believe... Uh, I believe the Democrats are going to save the world by taking all the money away from the rich and giving it to the poor because they think they're Robin Hood. Of course, they don't take money away from them. Uh, right. Those aren't political statements. That's just we believe. We believe. And so if we read it on the Internet or we hear it through uh, mainstream media or any other media, it's got to be true. It's got to be true. I got I got like 10 different weather apps or more and radar apps and whatever. And you know what I've learned? <laughs> if I have to count on their forecast for tomorrow being absolutely 100% certain, not going to I don't trust them. I trust God. I appreciate the input. I look at it. But I know that prayer can change that and other situations can change that because the prince of the power of the air is at work as much as we sit back with mouths shut and hearts unengaged to allow him to. Just put that out there. So, this lesson caught me by surprise. <laughs> but that's the beauty of apostolic ministry, you see. When you let God do the talking, you learn stuff you didn't know as the speaker. And he, you also learn that if you let him flow, he's going to talk about what he wants to talk about. 
unless you refuse to submit to him. Which, that's not my desire in life. The desire he gave me was to be his conduit and to let him do whatever he wants to do, wherever he wants to do it, however he wants to do it, say whatever he wants to say, however he wants to say it, when he wants to say it. And so that's the goal. So, God bless you. I will be teaching Lesson 7 as Lesson (laughs) 8. And we will go to there. So I'm hoping that if you're watching Lesson 8, I won't have to read all these verses over again. I will be reading Weiss because I didn't get to Weiss. So I, I would pray for you to do that. God bless you. I pray that God would give you a fear and reverence, a fear of God and a reverence for God and the Word of God like you've never had before. That you will allow the Word of God to become the final authority in your life in everything. And if you're going to obey the greatest commandment, you will have to do exactly that. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you. Thank you.